Hello, 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 and welcome everybody to a new episode of a new book in the ATF podcast. The ATF podcast currently stands for Akash Tries Finance. I'm Akash and I'm hopefully trying um, to teach or at least uh, to read a book about finance, which, which, which has important elements of um, financial understanding uh, within it. And this all started with um, a tweet which details some of the best books for under rupees 100 or 1.5 US dollars uh, on, on books about finance. And so far, I've covered two of them. The first one was The Richest Man in Babylon. And the second, which was just completed, uh, was Think and Grow Rich. And in this episode, we will be starting a new book, not necessarily from the same tweet, but something that has been uh, really remarkable in the reach that it's got um, and it not just in in the west but also in india and it's great to see that uh, people are learning actively learning and searching for any uh, form of content that helps them in their financial education and slowly once once this book is covered we'll be delving into more uh, indian-centric books written by indian-centric authors um, that again distill financial information in the previous episode, uh, I told you that the book that we will be covering for the next uh, set of episodes or the next season of the podcast is The Psychology of Money by Morgan Hauser. Um, this book was written uh, post the start of the COVID pandemic in 2020. So it, it, it has perspective from how the financial situation has changed since then. Um, and it's an incredible book. But before we get into the introduction, um, just a quick uh, point about what this podcast aims to achieve. Again, there's no form of financial advice or trading advice that, that I'd like to give. It's just simple principles uh, and the entire credit of these principles goes to the authors themselves. I just try to distill this information chapter by chapter um, in maybe a 10 to 15 minute podcast because everybody is learning on the go and I want to make it as easy um, for you to to, to take in this information, hopefully give myself uh, a reason to read this as well. So psychology of money is uh, very interesting mm -hmm. uh, because it does not talk about finance as a science. It talks about it as, um, as an art form, more uh, akin to something like psychology, like a social science, uh, because most of us are irrational, meaning that we don't do always what's best for us in the long run. Um, and we take irrational decisions in the short run. And in order to understand that, it's always important to understand the psychology of any aspect, especially the psychology of humans. So the author, Morgan Housel, has designed 20 tips uh, of how we can think about money better. He does not give direct advice, although certain bits are always infused into the chapters. But most of the chapters are principle-based, not um, implementation-based. And that is really important uh, whenever dealing with anything that is related, related with money especially. And this all evolved around an article that he has written, an article that I will link in the description uh, below. But uh, and, if, and if you do not want to get the book, you can always get this article and the important points are always uh, are present, uh, maybe not in detail. And in this podcast, I try to um, expand on them through my own experiences, expand on them through what I've seen uh, with uh, people thinking about finance. And hopefully 
we can we can learn from each other as I read this. An important note into how the book is written, uh, Morgan Housel has a simple principle uh, in which it, with, with his writing, he was a contributor to the Motley Fool, which is a very good financial resource that explains and breaks down complex financial information. So do uh, check that out as well. The way he writes, as he said, is um, he writes from, he really writes like he's explaining a concept, a complex topic to his mother, right? So he has the image of his mother in front of him and he's explaining this because he wants to simplify as much complex financial information to someone who is who can easily understand it. Because the thumb rule is, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it. And that's how this entire book is, um, is, is written. And, and in this episode, without further ado, we'll be going through the introduction, a very short introduction and a very uh, story-based introduction important nonetheless. So Housel calls this um, introduction the greatest show on earth. He starts off by describing his um, his job as a valet at a nice hotel in Los Angeles. And he, um, he he was in the company for technology executive, someone who contributed to the Wi-Fi and started and sold many companies. And he was very, um, he had a very weird relationship with money. He would use and abuse it uh, this, this one um, incident that he mentions is when he broke a lamp in a hotel and, and uh, the hotel executives told him that, you know, you need to pay $500 for that. And he said, here's $5,000. Now go and get out of my face and don't ever insult me again. You may wonder how long this behavior could last, Hazel wrote. I learned years later that he went broke. The premise of this book, and this is the important bit of the story, is the premise of this book is that doing well with money has little to do with how smart you are and a lot to do with how you behave. And behavior is hard to teach. Ordinary people with no financial education can be wealthy if they have a handful of behavioral skills that have nothing to do with formal measures of intelligence. In order to illustrate this point better into two parts or into two, uh, two parts of two men who have taken completely different paths and ended up with completely different goals, he recalls the story of a man named Ronald James Reed and a tech executive named Richard uh, Fuscone. Now, James Reed ended up as a janitor. Uh, he had he worked several odd jobs and um, his hobby was chopping firewood. But when he passed away in 2014, he had a net worth, net worth of over 8 million US dollars. Uh, on the other hand, uh, uh, Richard Fuscone was a Harvard-educated Merrill Lynch, uh, an investment bank executive, uh, and he, he, he retired at, 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 the, at the age of 40, or at least in his 40s. And he owned several mansions, and he was completely the opposite of, of, of Ronald Reed. But... Richard Fuscone retired, as he retired, he, he, Richard Fuscone, as he retired, um, was in, 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 in a mountain of debt. His house was foreclosed. His other mansion was foreclosed. He turned his entire, he had to sell his entire fortune. Um, and everything that, that he had ever achieved, everything that he had ever bought in life was eventually taken away from him. And the reason for this was the principles that that Reed followed and Fuscone followed. Reed simply invested um, in 
in blue chip stocks and did not deviate from his savings at all. Blue chip stocks are simply stocks of well-run large companies, the largest within the country at least. Um, and every 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 uh, market has that. The Indian market has that. The American market has that. Several uh, mutual funds uh, uh, have a separate fund called a blue chip investment fund. So it's very easy to find. Um, and what and the financial mistake that um, Fuscon did was he had high debt, which is high amount of borrowed money, and illiquid assets, meaning assets that cannot be easily converted into cash. Uh, and that's what left him bankrupt. Ronald Reed, um, Housel writes, Ronald Reed was patient. Richard Fuscone was greedy. That's all it took to eclipse the massive education experience gap between these two. And that is the difference in the financial industry versus any other industry. Because what you're learning is what you're earning. And what you're earning is what you're spending. You're learning about money. You're earning money. And you're spending money. And that is important. Right. In any other industry, you do not have all these three aspects tied into one. If you're an architect, you're not, um, you're not ideally, you're not living in the house that you built or living in the house that you designed. It's a completely different place. And you're certainly not earning in, in houses. Right? You, if a, a, a supreme architect will 100% um, design a house that is much better than someone who doesn't know what they're doing. In this case, Reed did not know anything about finance, was a janitor in this case, uh, had accrued a wealth far more than Reed had eventually squandered, than Fuscone had eventually squandered. So he says in any other industry, in what other industry does someone with no college degree, no training, no formal experience and no connections, massively outperform, outperform someone with the best education, the best training and the best connection. Financial outcomes, the reason for this, he says, is financial outcomes are driven by luck, independent of intelligence and effort. That's true to some extent, and this book will discuss it further. But the more important reason for this difference is financial success is not a hard science like physics or chemistry. It's a soft skill where how you behave is more important than what you know. Therefore, it can be taught. If you take um, a 40-year-old and try to teach him or her about physics or chemistry or one of the hard sciences, it's often very difficult. You either need to have an innate interest or you need to have some amount of experience distilled over time. With finance, you can, at least this is what Housel believes, uh, and, 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 and I, I do as well, is you can teach it to someone who's interested because no matter what field they are in, whether it's a hard science, whether they're in sports, whether they're in the arts, they will be earning some amount of money and they will want that amount of money to satisfy their most basic needs of maybe um, in Hindi, they say ghar kapra makan, right? Or house, clothing and um, and food, right? So ghar kapra khana, right? So that's, that's, that's what you, you, you want here. And that's what he, um, he, he writes. He says, finance is overwhelmingly taught as a math-based field, where you put data into a formula and the formula tells you what to do. And it's assumed that you'll do just, as, just that. But it's not any of these things. It's just that 
none of these things teach you exactly what people are going to do with money because at the end of the day money is handed to someone to use and if they and and therefore their behavior will often um deviate from the actual end use of money whether it's a short term cause or a long term cause they will always deviate from it he says there are two topics money is one of them which whether you're interested in in them or not they directly affect you one is health the other is money the healthcare industry has seen a tremendous amount of uh, evolution and innovation so too has the financial industry in the healthcare industry we can very clearly see that people are healthier now than they were a few years ago more diseases have been eradicated life span has been increased life expectancy sorry has been increased but and finance has also seen a lot of innovation lots of smart people have gravitated towards uh, finance but and he says finance has scooped up the smartest minds coming from top universities but um has there any evidence that it has made us better investors better and here i think he means by us it's collectively the larger population uh, there are certain people who have accrued a significantly a significantly more wealth now than they did before uh, but that's generally not the case with a larger audience collective trial and error over the years we've learned how to become better farmers skilled plumbers but has trial and error taught us to become better with our personal finances are we less likely to bury ourselves in debt i think it's probably the opposite he leaves currently no answer money he says is everywhere it affects all of us and confuses most of us everyone thinks about it a little differently it offers lessons on things that apply to many areas of life few topics often more a more powerful magnifying glass that helps explain why people behave the way they do is money it is one of the greatest shows on earth hence the name for the introduction in finance significantly different than any other form of science or art finance is different because it's different from art because it is not a specific to a person everyone has to deal with finance it's different than a science because um it can be taught it's more soft than it is hard and it's all based on people it's not based on principles the principle of of light the principle of molecules finance is based on people and people are inherently irrational he says the more i studied and wrote about the financial crisis of 2008 the more i realized that you could understand it better through the lens of psychology through past behavior and not finance to grasp why people bury themselves in debt you don't need to study interest rates need to study the history of greed to get why investors sell out at the bottom of a bear market you don't need to study math you need to think about the agony of looking at your family and wondering if your investments are impairing their future in 2018 he wrote a report as i mentioned earlier detailing 20 points of how bad behavior affects finances which he titled the psychology of money this is just a distillation of it a complete breakdown of it and he's added a lot more details in this book is incredibly popular for it and i hope people are financially uh, more aware because of it um, i hope this episode this series on psychology of money by martin hausel is a testament to his incredible book 
but it's also um, a way for us to think more deeply about finance and analyze our own behavior specific to ourselves or our, our family or our surroundings or what has influenced us so that we can make better financial decisions. And as always, is this, if there's any way this podcast can be bettered in order to help you understand it, uh, please do let me know. That's it from this episode. I will see.